Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome into Tuesday's edition of Sports Talk. We're in the second half here, going until 8 o'clock tonight. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and of course Charlie Long, running master control right now for us, keeping us in line. Uh, guys, sometimes you see things online and it makes you scratch your head. You guys know Joe Klatt, Fox Sports analyst, uh, seeing his list of prospects, quarterback prospects of the last decade. He's got Bryce Young as number five. Drake May is number four. Joe Burra, number three. Trevor Lawrence, number two. And then Caleb Williams, number one. So uh, you have to explain that again. because the, the, yeah. the, Because Joe Clyde played... Quarterback college, I want to say at Colorado, never played in the NFL. I mean, I mean, uh, if I can recollect, uh, right? He's I mean, an analyst now, does some uh, yeah, commentating with Fox, with Fox right. and all that. Yeah, he's but he's saying uh, looked at the best quarterback prospects of this last decade, so the last ten years, obviously. And he's got Bryce Young, Drake May, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and then Caleb Williams on top of the heap. So when you talk about like prospects, uh, I don't understand how you're breaking that down, though, Steve. Uh, what is he saying? Like the, the potential, right? Going into the, the draft. Oh, oh, so going into the draft. Okay, so not what they actually accomplish. In no, the no, NFL. no, prospect. Right. Oh, okay. So going into the NFL, uh, Bryce. Uh, I don't think so. So uh, say that list again. I get number comment. five is Bryce Young. Number four, Drake May, who's in this year's draft class. No, that, that, that's interesting because I think he is kind of intriguing. Uh, he's definitely a top ten pick. Right, and then you have Joe Burrow, number three. We know about him. Uh, yeah, uh, who hates Joe? Not, Burrow? Yeah, not arguing anything uh, there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, um, to me, at times, uh, I don't know, a uh, Fabio uh, with <laughs> his long flowing hair. I, I, I think. Um, He's kind of up and down. It's going to be interesting in season coming uh, upcoming season what he actually does because uh, Jacksonville kind of fell on their face. You look at the outstanding start they had, and um, now you could be dealing with injuries. That all happens. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, tr- tr- uh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, prospect coming in. Right, I'd have to years. agree with that. Yeah. And then, yeah, number one, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, um yeah, because everyone wants to compare him to Pat Mahomes. It's a, I mean, it's a ridiculous the amount of every time you hear anyone talking NFL draft well, number one pick Caleb Williams, they want to say could be the next. Okay, so what have you done for me lately uh, this past season? Was he better than Jane Daniels? Hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, now 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 how you progress and where you at? But to say that Caleb Williams, I'm not talking about uh, the 2022 season. 
I'm talking about 2023. Kayla Williams, he was the best thing. I always say this since, um, you know, uh, since ketchup was invented. Since sliced uh, bread. Yeah, sliced bread. Oh, okay, all that. <laughs> but this season, uh, now you look at supporting cast and all that, and, and uh, but you can't say uh, Kayla Williams. No, he was not head and shoulders above Jane Daniels. Uh, there ain't no way. Jane Daniels, considering the Southeastern Conference and what he was able to accomplish, I'm telling you more than anything, this might not count for nothing. But I look at, okay, uh, when you look at Jane Daniels uh, when he's running, okay, you don't, uh, you don't realize how fast he is the proper angles and then how he was a more accurate uh, deep thrower. So you look how he progresses the quarterback. The one thing, uh, maybe because I got the crap knocked out of him a bunch of times, I know you can't coach that, is his toughness. Jane Daniels got the crap knocked out of him a number of times. Now, I would suggest that he learned to slide a little more. Now, they want to protect you in the NFL. He's got to bulk you know, up Pat a little Mahomes. Now, he's a little skinny. Right. Uh, but, but you can't be, like, all high and stuff. Because, man, mm, then you might get uh, knocked out and you got to go in the damn tent and you don't come out in the NFL. But as far as toughness, Jane Daniels is a tough son of a gun. So that's what I like about him. Yeah, I was really surprised to see, honestly, guys, the list with having Bryce Young as number five. I mean, he was definitely a highly touted prospect coming out a year ago. Panthers took him number one, but I don't remember – that much hype around him. It was definitely between him and C.J. Stroud for that number one pick. Uh, right now, what you do at the NFL level uh, was the, uh, the the Texans roster that <laughs> much better than the Panthers. Right, exactly. He can't hold C.J. Stroud's jock. Uh, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, now, didn't Bryce look little to you in the NFL game? Yeah, it's I mean, were you, Did you ever fear... When the Saints were playing the Panthers, oh, Bryce Young and all that. No, we, we didn't fear nothing. I mean, I was like, I'm not worried about – no, I, I'm realistically, I, I'm not worried about Bryce Young and what he did with Carolina. Uh, but he might work out uh, because I think he's a baller. Uh, I think he has a good work ethic. But to say, uh, flash in the pan, what you've done. Now, um, uh, listen, what I like about C.J. Stroud, I think uh, – you might say, well, keep your religion or your faith uh, close to the vest, whatever, that he was out there and given, because um, uh, that's what he believes, given Jesus Christ the glory and how he's been blessed and how he's prospered. I mean, I, I'm all for that. You know why? Because that helps your confidence. That helps your confidence. you got to have faith, a strong faith in something to help you overcome the adversity that you're going to face. And if you believe in that faith, That'll make you more confident as a player. Hello. <laughs> no, I, 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 come on. I've seen so many players. I've been there. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll get some information on new Saints wide receiver coach Keith Williams. Checking in with Jonas Schaefer, who covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Banner. Going to take a break, like I said, stepping away and be right back here with more sports talk on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Sports Talk. The New Orleans Saints filling out their staff under new offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak, hiring wide receivers coach Keith Williams from the ball way from the Baltimore Ravens. Here to help us break that all down, Jonas Schaefer, who covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Banner. How are you doing today, Jonas? Thank you for the time. I'm doing well, fellas. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? Now, uh, you know, Jonas, when you're looking at uh, developing receivers, how much impact do you think uh, Coach Williams had in uh, developing uh, Flowers? Uh, now, we all look at, oh, you can't flip out in the playoff game and uh, what occurred then. I guess you're trying to make an aggressive play, extending the football. But uh, that was a name we all talked about uh, that it wasn't no, um, like, okay, slow growth. He contributed at the highest level. Wasn't Odell Beckham. It was uh, Flowers as a Ravens receiver. And then when you look at uh, Steve Hemel, the, the receiver from the Raiders, and, and then who he coached before. Oh, uh, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Devontae Adams. So look at all that. How much you think his impact and also his individual training, well, like Tyreek Hill, I heard, and different receivers uh, that you attribute to him? Yeah, it, it's tough to say, you know, how much you attribute it to Justin because he was always in like a secondary assistant coaching role. You know, uh, this year he was working under Greg Lewis, who they brought over from the Chiefs. Uh, last two years he was working under T. Martin, who, you know, got moved to quarterback's coach this past year. But, you know, what I can tell is that there was great relationships that he developed with, with those guys. You know, we didn't get a chance. Uh, that often to talk to, to Keith because he was in that secondary coaching role. But, you know, I did a story on him a couple of years ago after he got hired. Um, I, I reached out to ESPN to talk to Keyshawn Williams, uh, or excuse me, Keyshawn Johnson, because his son had worked under uh, uh, under Keith Williams at USC, I believe, and he had nothing but, but high praise for him. He, he loved, you know, all the work that, that his son had done under Keith Williams. Uh, he, he was Keith Williams was a lively guy, a great character. If you guys ever get the chance to talk to him, uh, I'm sure you'll you'll love talking with him. He's just a guy who who thinks constantly about the wide receiver position. He, he's very very active, very very energetic, very very talkative at practice. Uh, and I think the guys responded to that. You know, he, he's a guy who's who's very very pragmatic in, in how he goes about thinking about football, but he, he finds ways to connect with guys over the subject. So. I think the Saints have definitely got a, a really, really impressive, you know, up-and-coming coach, even though he's obviously been around the block a couple of times. Now, uh, Jonas, how is it uh, – because you look at 
everyone would love to have uh, the Ravens problem as far as uh, by the outstanding in the regular season. If they're not considered the best, either a one or two. But what happened in the postseason with Lamar? And uh, there's the Ravens fan base that they look at, well, they just underachieve. And uh, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but it's like Lamar needs to do Lamar things. And what got him there instead of maybe trying to keep pace uh, with Pat Mahomes? Is that a fair assessment? How do you view that? Because, I mean, I think the Ravens did a good job uh, enough defensively as far as you look points allowed. And that uh, does the Ravens fan base look at it? Well, uh, I don't know. The Ravens offense uh, didn't uh, take advantage of that scenario. Yeah, I mean, the, the defense, I think they can – they should go into this offseason holding their heads high, whereas the offense from, you know, John Harbaugh as the kind of CEO to Todd Munkin as the coordinator to, to definitely Lamar as the, the straw that, that stirs the drink should, should definitely be disappointed. And uh, because that was an underwhelming performance, you know, if, if that defense holds the Chiefs to 17 points, then then you should feel like that gives you, you know, every right to be in the Super Bowl. But they come up short. That that's been the problem for Lamar. That's been the problem for this offense. You know, it seems like every time they're knocked out, they're held to what ends up being a season low or, or you know close to a season low for points. Lamar, you know, it's it just time and time again when he gets into the playoffs, he, you know, more often than not, finds a way to, to put the ball in danger. You know, his turnover-worthy play rate skyrockets once he gets into the postseason. That happened again against the Chiefs. So, you know. Credit to them for, for finally breaking through that divisional round barrier that they'd been bumping up against the you know the previous couple of years and getting to the AFC championship game. But still, uh, I think you know you talk to coaches, you talk to players, uh, you even talk to you know Chris Jones. Everyone thought that the Ravens were the best team in the NFL, and for them not even to get the chance to go to the Super Bowl, a uh, huge disappointment. I think everyone would would reckon with that fact uh, pretty honestly. Well, now uh, Jonas. Uh... Look at Monkett. I think he did an outstanding job. Uh, but why, if you have the number one rushing attack, and um, how can you have a game where your running backs only have six attempts? I mean, it's not like you're losing by two or three touchdowns or double digits. Right. I mean, the game's right there. I mean, I know the fans in Baltimore have to be saying that. What in the hell was this strategy? Yeah, that, that was pretty much all. Anyone, uh, you know, with a microphone, with a with a, with a pen and a pencil, with, with with a laptop, was talking about for the the, the first week after that uh, after that loss, and still talking about it to this day. I mean, we haven't gotten Todd Munkin uh, at the podium since uh, before that game. We probably won't get him until the draft. So all, all we can go on is just what we have glimpsed from film study, what we've been able to get from John Harbaugh, from what we've you know been able to get from players and. You know, it's it's not a simple. There's not a simple answer to it. There there were plays in there where Lamar Jackson had the the you know the reins and he makes the decision on RPO to to pass the ball rather than running the ball. That there were there were situations there where game flow wise the Ravens are running their four minute offense and that means that there there's not a lot of you know optionality to to, to get into a run call because they're trying to score quickly. And there were times where simply, you know, they they had light boxes, and they had the option of running into the Chiefs, you know, pretty disappointing, underwhelming run defense, and they just decided not to. And you know, on the plays where the Ravens did run the ball, 
the Chiefs did a good job of stopping it and maybe discouraging Todd Munkin from doing that, you know, later on where, you know, it was advantageous to run the ball. So uh, there's still, I think, a lot of disappointment and, you know, acrimony towards Todd Munkin for not running the ball as much as they probably should have against a not great uh, Chiefs run defense. But, uh, you know, we haven't really got the chance to talk to him and we probably won't for a couple of months. And maybe by then, the uh, some of those, uh, you know, bad feelings will have blown over by then. You know, Jonas, I'm always intrigued with um, who's perceived as the best. And um, I'm just looking at my track record. For instance, I played Joe Montana 11 times. I won two times. Uh, but then Steve Young's a Hall of Fame uh, 49er. So maybe I'm going back to USFL, NFL. I'm like five and three. But then you look at like uh, Joe Montana. You look at Tom Brady. Uh, you look at uh, Pat Mahomes. Are you buying into like Pat Mahomes truly has that mystique? Uh, because you look at it in a short time span. And again, I'm going back to like, uh, I'm not even going back to like Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach, and all that. I'm going about Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and what they did with the Patriots, and now Pat Mahomes. I mean, do you buy into that mystique? Because, um, you know, you look at Lamar uh, now. Uh, so what is your take on that, that uh, Pat Mahomes is that uh, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, you look at Vegas, you bet against Tom Brady, you lose money. You bet against Pat Mahomes, you lose money, whether you take in the point spread or whatever. So what's your take as far as how you view that? Yeah, I mean, the uh, I'm sure I'm not saying anything original here, but the, it seems like the, the word now that everyone associates with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is inevitable. And, uh, you know, even when the Ravens were favored by, what, four and a half points going right. into that AFC Championship game, there was this sense that because, you know, even though Lamar was the future MVP, even though the Ravens had, you know, a, a really highly regarded coaching staff with Andy Reid, with Patrick Mahomes, there was no stopping them Well, once they got to a certain point in the game. And, you know, whether that was 14 to seven or 17 to seven, it just felt like the Ravens kept on, you know, getting themselves into trouble, especially on offense. You know, it was interesting to hear Lamar, when we talked to him before the game, say that he didn't like going up against Patrick Mahomes, but he you know, said that with a kind of a twinkle in his eye because he knew just how good Patrick Mahomes is and just how, how tough it was to beat the Chiefs. And you wonder, you know, if that creates a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where Lamar and other quarterbacks, you know, of this era go into these games feeling like all the pressure in the world is on them to go out and play a perfect game where, you know, if you, if, if Lamar had gone out there and even been average, if Brock Purdy had even been average, uh, we'll probably talk Josh about Allen. a different Super Bowl champion. You know, uh, Jonas, when I look at it, okay, because uh, they look at the Pat Mahomes effect, I look at Josh Allen, and then you look what's, uh, what's occurred uh, with Lamar in, uh, in Baltimore. You know who's under the radar right now because they've definitely underachieved. I don't know if you agree with this. I'm just talking because we always look at, like, look at the Houston Texans and what occurred there with D'Amico Ryans and all of a sudden C.J. Stroud, how they come out from nowhere. I'm telling you, watch out. Uh, you can remember, Jonas, this conversation I'm having with you in late February. Watch out for Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert. 
You talk about underachieving, and they won five games. You want to talk because you always have a team that okay, they didn't do crap uh, the year before, and maybe their head coach held them down. I would be shocked. You might not agree with this. I'd be shocked that the Chargers don't have success. Yeah, I mean they they were hanging with the Ravens for for a little while when when the Ravens were, you know, regarded as a top five team. Uh, you know, a couple months in the season. I guess the only thing that I would I would push back on, and I, I love Justin Herbert's potential. They, they've got some, you know, obviously some impressive draft capital. Is that they are in salary cap hell right now, and so some of these guys who, you know, we might be counting on, or the average right. NFL fan who doesn't have a lot best interest in the Chargers might be counting on to make a an impact next year. Is it might not be on the roster next year? You know that, that they are really tied up with a lot of bad contracts and. And if that means parting ways with a, a Khalil Mack or a uh, you know Keenan Allen, then that's going to make success at least immediately in 2024 pretty difficult. But Jim Harbaugh's won everywhere he's gone. They, they've they've you know stolen a couple nice uh, you know proven pieces. In fact, a couple with Ravens ties. Joe Ortiz obviously is a new GM here They're over there in LA after spending a couple decades here in Baltimore. So Jim Harbaugh knows what it takes to be successful. Um, and, and it might be that they turn things around pretty quickly this next year, but they're, they're going to have to make some, some magic happen with that salary gap because otherwise uh, it, it could be a while before they're actually back in the Super Bowl next. Now, uh, Jonas, when you think about that and you bring up that name, uh, Harbaugh, if you follow football, and then you look at like uh, they played face-to-face in a Super Bowl. Uh, it was right here in New Orleans. Uh, it was like basically a, a decade ago. Uh, yeah. Jim and John Harbaugh. When you when you look at that, it's almost like right here in New Orleans. You got Archie Manning, but you got Peyton and Eli Manning. When you look at names and, and, and pro football, I'm talking about the highest level. Not now was a successful college player, or I uh, you know was involved in in football throughout my life. When you look at best of the best, does it get any better? We talk about the quarterback position and how that's put to the forefront. Than the Mannings in the coaching profession, when you got brothers like Jim and John Harbaugh, and uh, they always relevant. Uh, is that to me? Okay, you have to look at. You might have one individual. Uh, I don't know. Might be a cousin or somebody. But when I'm talking about like brothers and uh, the father figures and all that, it doesn't get any better to me than the Harbaughs and the Mannings as far as quarterbacks and coaches. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can't think of. I can't think of anyone who comes close. I guess you could go with, you know, Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan, but, you know, Rob Ryan never really got to the They, level they never won anything. No, the, yeah. no, and I love, I played against Buddy Ryan. But, no, they were always relevant. But boy, they, they didn't win nothing. No, no. And, and what's cool is, you know, we, we might get John Harbaugh versus Jim Harbaugh uh, on the Thanksgiving Day game. Right. You know, oh, that'd be season. awesome. Yeah, they, they, they did a – it would be out in L.A. Uh, I think it was maybe the first season that Jim Harbaugh was the coach of the 49ers. The, the NFL schedule makers had the Ravens play the 49ers on Thanksgiving Day in Baltimore. So with them playing with the Ravens and Chargers set to meet in 2024, it's certainly possible that that, that could be a, a primetime game. You know, it might not be Thanksgiving Day. Maybe it's you know, a week one game. Maybe it's a Sunday night. Night, or Sunday night game. But it, it could definitely be a game that considering – you know, the, the brand value of Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. It, it frankly would be surprising if that game gets buried on a 
you know, one o'clock early afternoon game slot. Now, uh, Jonas, uh, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong or anyone uh, could text or call in and say like, does Jim Harbaugh, does he really look California to anyone? I'm like, he's so Midwest to me, but look at his success. Okay. I was at the Michigan Pandas in the USFL, and he was the quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines with Bo Schembechler. And then all of a sudden, the first time I ever met Jim Harbaugh in 1983, and we were going to practice because the Lions kicked us out because we started winning. So we got in a big house, and Anthony Carter called Bo Schembechler. So we 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 were able to go to Ann Arbor and to have practice. So I never forget that. So I remember Jim Harbaugh. But he seemed, and his dad, and all, he seemed so Midwest to me. But then you look what he's done. He's as much California as California can be. Look, University of San Diego, and he made Stanford a tough team. The Stanford, they used to be the Indians, and now what, they're the Cardinal and all that? He made Stanford relevant as a tough team, and then what he did with the 49ers. So I think Jim Harbaugh, even though you think he might be kind of blue-collar Midwest, he has a lot of California ties on what he's been able to accomplish at the highest level. Not only University of Michigan. You know, people don't realize that uh, the success that Jim Harbaugh has had in California. Yeah, but you, you also you think about who were the big dogs on that coaching staff, and it's Greg Roman, who's as yep. Midwest, as Midwestern as they get, you know, a John Carroll U guy. Uh, you think of who's that defensive coordinator. It's, it's Jesse Minter, who, who I believe, you know, comes from that Cincinnati area and obviously was the defensive coordinator at, uh, at Michigan, uh, you know, following the footsteps of Mike McDonald, who's obviously gone on to bigger and better things with the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. So even though he does have those, you know, experiential ties to the California coast and, uh, you know, obviously has done great things when he's been a coach and a player in California. I still think that philosophically he's still very much a Midwestern guy at heart just based on, you know, who he's hired and, and kind of who he's hitched his wagon to. Yeah, he's bringing the Midwest to Cali. Uh, that's what he's doing. <laughs> Jonas, before we let you go, I was wondering, saw a report from Bleacher Report. It's speculation season, and they had an article having Alvin Kamara getting traded to the Baltimore Ravens just Curious from your aspect of things, would that be something the Ravens would even be interested in? The compensation that was mentioned in the article is absolutely ludicrous, though. They said a seventh-round pick from Baltimore for Alvin Kamara. Seventh-round pick. Uh, Jonas, I can tell you, you put Alvin Kamara (laughs) with Lamar Jackson. Oh, my God, your RPOs? Uh, uh, Listen, it'd be like the second coming East Coast of Christian McCaffrey (laughs) with the Ravens. I'm a big, uh, uh, come on, uh, Alvin Kamara fan. And listen, I, I think uh, Christian McCaffrey has uh, been able to go to a different level from Carolina to 49ers. You have to look at the supporting cast. Alvin Kamara, as of late, the supporting cast of the Saints, not so much. But you get him with Lamar Jackson. I don't know how Alvin Kamara would not be successful. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the uh, the wrinkle there. It's like, <laughs> what running backs next to Lamar Jackson wouldn't be successful? Right. right. Uh, I mean, just looking at the, uh, the financials, I have a tough time seeing the Ravens spending $10 million in salary on a running back guy. So that's that just me being honest. I know like, you know, that RG3 makes three has, has been banging the, uh, banging the drum for Derrick Henry being, you know, spiritually a Raven and how great would he be? 2000 yards. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just have a tough time. You know, uh, it, it's interesting that you bring up Kamara and, you know, kind of veteran running backs coming to, coming to Baltimore because I, you know, Matt Miller for ESPN, NFL draft guru, had a teleconference and I asked him whether he saw the Ravens, you know, being better off spending money on a veteran running back or a you know, spending draft capital on, you know, a day two, day three running back. He said, you know, why not both? And that, that may be the case because the Ravens are definitely kind of refreshing their, their running back room. But I feel like it's more prudent for them to, to spend draft capital on a young running back who doesn't have that kind of tread on the tires. And, you know, I think if you see Alvin Kamara end up on a new team, I don't know if his value as a pass catcher would be maximized in Baltimore because Lamar, for all of his many benefits, just doesn't throw that many checkdowns. He doesn't throw those kind of short, you know, gimme throws that, that Alvin Kamara has thrived with in New Orleans with, with all the various quarterbacks that, that he's, you know, caught passes from. So maybe, you know, coming to Baltimore could open up a new part of the Ravens receiving game, the Ravens passing game. But I think probably he would be, you know, maximized elsewhere if we're talking about, you know, what, what teams or quarterbacks could make the most or make, you know, could, could make the most of his talent as a kind of dual threat option in these offenses. Gotcha, Jonas. Definitely appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Enjoy the quote-unquote offseason right now. I know the NFL Combine cranking up next week. It always seems to be something. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me All right, Jonas, thank you. Jonas Schaefer, Baltimore Ravens writer for the Baltimore Banner. You can check out his work there. Uh, Some stuff on Keith Williams you might want to read up on. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon taking a break. We'll be right back with more sports talk right after this on WWL. If you live in or work in Laplace, meet Scoot Thursday when he broadcasts live from the Leo Furniture and Mattress on West Airlines. Stop by, say hi, and if you're in search of a new living room, bedroom, dining room, office, or patio furniture, check out Leo. Scoot might even help you make your selection. Just join Scoot at Leo Furniture in Laplace, 1428 West Airline Highway in Laplace, Thursday uh, 1 to 4. So now I can go to Scoot not only for for perfume, but now I can go for furniture. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. So listen, trust Scoot. I need some stuff for the house, so I might go check that out. No, so I can uh, smell good in the couch. (laughs) Right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, checking out our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. We got Jimmy on line one wants to chime in. What you got for us tonight, Jimmy? Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, look, I'll cut right to the chase. I really like that guest y'all had talking college basketball. Um, looking forward to LSU tomorrow night. They're hosting Kentucky, number seventeen, and, and congratulations to Coach McMahon and, and Bobby, a seven foot two inch Croatian freshman, Zvonimir Ivasic. He's the Best Croatian Division One basketball. He plays for Kentucky. Hello. I'm really going to be – hello. All right. He's the next Jokic, baby. And, and look, I'm, and listen, I went That's to the That's a big statement, Jimmy. Night. I don't know. Okay, okay, Jimmy. Okay. Okay, Jokic. That's reaching too much. Come on. You got to wait. You got to slow your roll. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I got to pump the brakes a little bit. Look, I was looking for you last night at Lakefront Arena. Nickel State, the boys from Thibodeau came and whooped you and those butt. It's been a rough year for uh, you know local basketball here. You and O, Tulane started out great. Well, Tulane right, right. started out great. They they might not make the NIT now. I had them making that. U and O's had a lot of injuries. Uh, Coach Les is on the hot seat. Yeah, they did lose the Nickel State, and I don't know if they're even going to make the Southland Conference tournament. Well, because Bobby, you got to be out uh, out top, of the bottom top two eight spots. or something. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Something uh, like uh, that. Uh, 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 so, Jimmy, Jim, let me tell you. 
I did not make the game uh, because I went to my youngest son's bachelor party in Florida. Oh, wow. And okay. I was still recovering. <laughs> I said, I can tell you right now, you know when you're getting older, when um, you cannot hang for like a long weekend. And what's even worse, no, no, yeah, the no, next no. day. So wait, no, I can hang one night. Right. I was hanging. I was doing awesome, Jimmy. I was doing good. I was keeping up with the boys. I was keeping up all of a sudden. We staying up till like uh, 4.30 in the morning. And then we're going deep sea fishing about three hours Uh-oh. later. And I'm like, I say, damn Uh-oh. it. Damn it. I, I hope it's not rough because I'm going to be chumming. <laughs> I'm going to be Uh-oh. chumming. So wait, I went and it was not rough. We caught like three tuna. We were out there and all that. So, But it was amazing. Even though it wasn't rough, the next night I could not hang. I was still, hey, listen, I, I was you, still hurting. I was still hurting. Bobby, so I'm like, Bobby, I felt like you, the old man, and I went to bed and stuff. And so I said, let, let them do their thing. I'm just glad they invited me to a bachelor party. But, um, but I so I hung at least one night. I cannot do a very long weekend. So uh, hey, you uh, had that, you, Bobby. You had that Ben Simmons uh, back pain, bro. The bachelor party back pain. It it, it happens. But Ben Simmons is young. Yeah. But Ben Simmons never should have back pain. Back pain. He's so young. Ben, Come on. Ben Simmons, I'll say this about Ben Simmons. He always wanted to play with the Lakers. We met him at a Pelicans game once, me and my wife. He didn't want to take a picture with us. He didn't want to take a picture with the kids. So he's a prima donna? Lakers game. He's a prima donna. He wanted to go to L.A. He loves the lights and the glamour and the neon stuff. Well, he's in that, Brooklyn. That That's New York. He, I mean, come on. He never he never wanted to take the final shot at LSU his one year there. He did the same thing with the Sixers. Uh, games on the line, best player on the team, most talent. He would always pass it off. Uh, you know, a- anyway, listen, yeah, dude, I, you know, Ben Simmons is an anomaly to me. He's so talented, such a great passer. But, yeah. Hey, look, listen, make, make, put this on your schedule, Bobby. UNO against Will Wade. Okay. Yeah, put this on your schedule. March 4th, UNO is hosting Will Wade because Will Wade ain't going to be down here for long. McNeese State's about to be a top 25 team. He, Will Wade's going to bolt for more money soon. But what he's done out there in that refinery zone of Lake Charles and, and bringing basketball to Lake Charles to this level is amazing. And so, yeah, March 4th at, at uh, Lakefront Arena, Will Wade's coming to town. And uh, if you want to catch some basketball, it's a it's a house divided well, tomorrow well, night. UNO UNO is hosting Southern Miss tomorrow night on the diamond. I don't know what shirt I'm going to wear. I'll be honest with you. Well, I can tell you, Jimmy. Um, I'll look a Will Wade. It's all timing. I mean, uh, that son of a gun could coach, and where he's at, it's all timing. And right place, right time, and all that. He might be the Louisiana version. Uh, Bruce Pearl. Bobby, we talk about Bruce Pearl. Okay, look at the success that Bruce Pearl and where he was tracking at Tennessee. And then, you know, he kind of living off the edge and uh, where he at, recruiting and all that. And then all of a sudden, okay, he got to go. And Bruce Pearl had success at Tennessee and now at Auburn. So when I look at Will Wade, are you surprised he's not having success at Magnese? I say no, but hell no. Hell yeah, I thought he'd have success. Now, he's probably moving on. Whatever, you look at the different jobs. I mean, so there's different individuals when you look at when they have opportunities, how they truly take advantage of that and, and how they could coach. I mean, 
And there's nothing wrong with being an outlaw a little bit. I mean, especially now, you could be a little more of an outlaw. Yeah, name, totally image different and, game now. name, image, and likeness, and transfer. Come on. I mean, uh, look, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, Arizona Wildcats, they're always living off the edge. So that, that, that's why, I mean, come on. It's all about entertainment. People want to be entertained. They want the best prospects and all that. So uh, it's a different animal uh, than it was, say, uh, I don't know, a handful of years, half a dozen years ago. Uh, so I'm going to tell you right now, I'm looking at my crystal ball, and it's going to be 25-26, and we'll be talking about uh, Will Wade being highly successful wherever he ends up. Watch you see, if you're going to have me on. I mean, I'm going to be talking about— You think he makes a return to the SEC or wherever it's paying uh, no, him, I guess. anywhere in the nation. It doesn't matter. Wherever he's going to go, they're going to win. It might be DePaul or something. DePaul, like, remember, uh, what's the guy, uh, Mark Aguirre, who played with the Dallas Mavericks? DePaul sucks. DePaul, <laughs> uh, demons, whatever they are, they ain't done nothing. Watch, he can go there and turn that team around. We're going to turn things around right after the break here on WWL. Winding things down here on the 6 o'clock hour of Sports Talk at 720. We'll be talking to Mark Etheridge, D1Baseball.com, SEC writer. Talking a little LSU Tigers and what the rest of the SEC did for opening weekend. Today, not SEC-related, Cajun Cannon, Wake Forest went down. Oh, went down. Uh, Considering where they were ranked between Wake Forest and Arkansas, uh, you look at baseball, uh, listen, it's unbelievable. And I've said this over and over again. When you think of SEC football, SEC baseball is even more relevant top 10 and top teams and all that than you look at Wake Forest. Uh, Let me tell you, I was surprised that we uh, beat Wake Forest to win the national championship. You look at their uh, their uh, their haulers, their hundred miles per hour and all that. Uh, Steve, no, I was shocked we did that. But you know what I want to do after the top of the hour, because we always do this, Steve, every year. Right. Even though I'm getting older, getting into the coaches. No, in the NFL. no, no. Daytona 500. Oh, okay. oh yeah. In honor of Tim Zimmer, uh, Tim, Daytona 500. They had to postpone the race until Monday. I want to talk about Daytona, Daytona 500 at least for four or five minutes. Gotcha. We're going to take a break. Come back with the 7 o'clock hour of Sports Talk. Be right back after this here on WWL. Stay tuned. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.